0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. So I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two.
1: Roll A, fade up on A.
2: miss to, to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon, whether it be online or one of our affiliates around Mississippi. We're glad you've joined us for an hour of Eagle Hour Sports Talk. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our show, and uh, we're happy to say, very good friends of ours they cook delicious food seven days a week you can enjoy uh, your local dickies here in hattiesburg right by the mall take home carry out or dine in all right going to kick off the week uh with jack duggan sports information director at southern miss and jack a big week uh for the golden eagles as football practice officially begins this week
2: yeah we start on uh start on wednesday uh bob and uh you know, getting ready for our September five home opener against South Alabama.
3: All right, Jack. A uh, couple days away here. Kind of tell us how it's been different and and what all has had to take place uh, to get ready to go for practice this year.
2: Well, just a lot more, a lot more precautions, a lot more protocols to put in place, and uh, just you know try to keep everybody safe. Uh, uh, players coaches support staff uh as we as we get going uh and, and try to start in this twenty twenty season
3: you know we talk about all the schools having to do this but it's got to be a massive undertaking jack
2: well it is and and you know instead of just instead of just you know walking into the building uh and 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 doing your thing it's it's uh you know there's you know you got to you got to do temperature checks and all that, all that kind of thing just to get in the building. And you know, right now, I think the building's still kind of uh, in different sections, where I think the players are only allowed to go in different sections, just to kind of keep you know people from intermingling. And uh, but you know, when, once once Wednesday or, or I guess tomorrow, once you know they start getting ready for camp, and uh, which. You know, they start getting back into the locker room. Um, You know, I'm not exactly sure how they've got that set up. Uh, You know, I'll be honest with you, I stay mostly in my office when I come in uh, during the day. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of thought, um, you know, a lot of planning uh, and, and, you know, a lot of sweat and tears. And I'm sure some some lost sleep at night too. Right. Trying to figure this out to try to make it work as, as as effectively and safely as we can possibly make it.
3: And from your perspective, you know, you're responsible for the press box and all the media uh that comes in and out of every game. I, I guess you're gonna have to do things a lot different from your end as well.
2: Yeah, it'll be it'll it, it will it will look uh entirely different, I think. Um you know, we'll have some protocols. Um, still trying to formalize that. Those um, as we get going. You know, I mean, the way that the way that uh, I would assume the way that practice is covered will be a little bit different. Um, at least how I how I think it will be. Um, you know, we'll send out um, we'll send out uh, you know kind of our expectations about at least through fall camp. Um, Either later this afternoon or or tomorrow, and as we get ready, you know, for for our fall camp to uh, to get started, it's just it's just going to be different. There's just there's just no way around it. Uh, just you know, for for everybody's safety, that that's just I kind of feel like that's the best way to do it. And kind of what what I've done is is mirror, is at least my thinking is mirror, mirroring what major league baseball, what um, the NBA, and what um, you know other leagues that have have come back and done.
0: Right. Luke? Well, Jack, with the research department of the uh, Eagle Hour, did some uh, work last week. We pulled the Auburn contract, and we're thankful to find that Auburn already paid Southern Miss $400,000. So I just want to let everybody know out there, your annual salary is covered, Jack Duggan.
2: (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) That was the one writer I was able to get into the contract. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding.
0: Um but, but you yeah. talk about that, you know, it's, it's so unique and difficult because college practices these days, you, you want people, you want recruits out there. You, you yeah. want, I remember one time I had to go out there and talk to Hop about something and they told me to come out there and I, I got a little credential when I walked into practice. Sure. And it's it's going to be so different this year because you're trying to expose your program to recruits and families and you know everybody in the region coaches come in sometimes and watch practice and you just that's off the table this year.
2: Well, yeah, I mean I I mean I I don't know what football's plans are, you know, in terms of how allowing, you know, maybe you know one or two or three people out there uh, as we, as we go forward, but um I just I just know what I I just know what I want to do and that, and that is, you know keep our keep our media safe and and um, I just you know it's just not it's not a perfect ideal not the way I want not the way you draw it up, but you know it's just something that you, that you just I feel like you got to do.
0: Let's talk uh, specifically about Southern Miss quarterback Jack Abraham named to the Manning Award preseason watch list. It sure helps when you got a three year starter back at quarterback.
2: It really does, and and you know he 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 has had uh, a, a, a great career for us. Uh, you know, probably the one thing maybe interceptions a little bit high. You know, the where we want it, but you know, if you look though, he is probably the most accurate passer that we've had um, in a long time, if not the most accurate passer that we've ever had. Uh, I mean, I think in his two in his two previous seasons, he's completed over. 70 percent of his passes and uh, that's that's pretty good i don't care what level you're playing on if you can complete seven of ten passes that you're doing pretty well for yourself
3: jack as you look at the football team now they get ready to gear up uh, come wednesday where would you see the the emphasis being placed uh, in regard to we need to be better this year than where we were last year
2: I'm sorry, Bob, say that again?
3: What do you think when they get started practicing, where do you think the coaches are going to want to see the most improvement? What part of the game from last year to this year do they feel like needs to improve the most?
2: Well, I haven't asked any any of our coaches uh, that, um, although that would be a pretty good question to ask. Um, uh, I, at least for me personally, I think, um, you know, continue to, to, to better ourselves on the offensive line, uh, continue to get um, – uh, uh good play uh out of our out of our wideouts you know you lose you lose um you know quaz Watkins you know but but you have back a guy who uh, you know led the team in, in receptions and Tim Jones from a year ago. Uh, I think you you try to beef up your running game you know those are the things you you try to do on offense. I think on defense um you know try to force more turnovers I mean I think defensively we've played, We've played fairly well uh over uh the last four years, uh, under Coach Hobson. You know, in fact I think two or two or three of the years were in the top twenty in total defense. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really good against the run last year. Um, you know, just you know, get better maybe, um, uh, turning the ball getting the opponents to turn the ball over more, I think probably would be a big thing on the defensive side
3: right last question for me uh, have you had a chance to talk to your uh you know the fellow uh, si's around conference usa and all of you guys are going through the same thing but does this require more communication let's say when you're planning out the, the first road trip uh, is every school going to have you think the same protocol or do you think it'll just be different from school to school
2: uh I would think that I would think that before we get started, I would think that there'll be a level uh, that that everyone is expected to to um, maintain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you know some of the things that they've talked about is is, is keeping the sidelines um, the people on the sidelines to a minimum. So and and it, for cost cutting, uh, folks that might travel normally may not and that would include you know a photographer from 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 a visiting school or or mm-hmm. um, and so what we would do is is or what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we provide fo- uh photos of um you know not you know of the opposing team as well as 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 our team so they'll have something that they can use you know for their for their home media for their website and 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 That would be reciprocated when we went on the road as well.
3: But sort of pooling your resources in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Each other up. All right. The last time we talked, you had just made the decision to cancel the Alabama USC game. Have you had any other decisions that you've had to make, since Jack? Uh,
2: Just uh, yeah, I I released the Pac-12 schedule on Friday, (laughs) and that that's really been the only thing that I've done since then.
0: You were behind all those player demands.
2: No. no, you got, you, got, you got to bring that up with somebody else on that one.
0: <laughs> You'll be releasing the new
3: SEC schedule soon, is that correct, Jack?
2: Yeah, so yeah I, I, as a matter of fact, I, I took a break from that uh, to take this call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're grateful that Give we're so to high on that Give it to Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Early. Give it to
2: them. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do that. That would not be right.
3: <laughs> All right, Jack. Thank you, buddy. Always good talking to you. All right,
2: guys. Y'all have a great day.
3: <laughs> Jack Duggan, everybody, the best sports information director you will ever see. Truly great guy. The old left-hander Jack Duggan. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to John Carter Santer from Inside Edge about baseball stats and what's going on in Major League Baseball. Hang on.
2: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in
4: to the Eagle Hour.
3: I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us in the opening segment of the show. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart at CampusBookmart.net. Best selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. You'll find it uh, every day at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, open Monday through Saturday, CampusBookmart.net, if you want to do your shopping online. All right, we're going to switch gears, talk a little baseball. John Carter Santer who, of course, was a baseball pitcher at Oak Grove, Northwestern State University, and William Carey University, now works for Inside Edge, which is a major league organization. John Carter, thanks for coming on the show. First of all, fill our listeners in a little bit about Inside Edge.
1: Yeah, so um, Inside Edge is uh, just an analytics company that is uh, partnered up with Major League Baseball. Um, So what we do, pretty much, um, one of the the main things we do is we, we will watch a, a game, a Major League Baseball game, and pretty much track every single thing that goes on. Um, you know, whether it's spin rate on a fastball, whether it's exit velocity, uh, defensive shifts. Um, if the sun is too bright, I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're tracking it. So um, it's uh, pretty much just tracking every single thing that goes on. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll write up reports and send them to those specific teams and uh, we'll be in touch with, with, a, uh, with a team representative. And then they'll kind of relay uh, feedback to us on what they want us to kind of keep extra tabs on uh, mm-hmm. the next time uh, that maybe the certain starting pitcher, they want to they see something um, with him specifically next time. So then we'll kind of put that in our, our notes and uh, our database and um, kind of uh, go from there on the, the next game. So. Mm.
3: Very interesting, very interesting, and and so now that they've started playing. Uh, kind of give us an insider's view as to how Major League Baseball thinks things are going right now.
1: Oh, you know, it's. I'm going to try not to follow in my dad's footsteps and be Mr. Doom and Gloom here, but uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely. It's kind of up in the air right now. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a, pointing a finger back and forth. The players are. Um, pointing the finger this direction, and then you know, Major League Baseball is pointing it at the players. So it's it's really um, kind of a, a back and forth thing. You know, it's, if you look at the outbreak, which was initially um, started by the, the Miami Marlins, um, and then it's kind of been a domino uh, effect from there. And, and now you're looking at uh, 20% of the league, as far as teams go, that are um, basically in the quarantine. Um, there's been you know, I think uh, three teams are doing it out of just precaution, but uh, the main three affected are the Marlins, uh, the Cardinals. Now are expecting a lot more uh, positive tests on their end, um, and the the Nationals. So it's um it's it's not you know I'm I'm trying to trying to be optimistic, but it's definitely not looking good. Um, I, I think if it were to say how it is now, I think it's definitely doable to to continue the season and and uh, play things out. But if there were to be another team that has an outbreak. Uh, I just, oh, I, I
3: don't know. It's really? Definitely, definitely in jeopardy, I would, I would
0: really? say. Well, that's interesting. Luke? JC, thanks for being on today. You you talked about some of those uh, stats, and a lot of people watching right now, they, they hear exit velocity. Spin rate's another one that's come up. What are some, you know, stats that teams really want from you guys that maybe the average fan may not appreciate?
1: well I think in today's era of baseball it's it's so everyone wants to be able to predict everything yeah I think baseball more like um, other sports is, is you it's a numbers game and you can kind of you know there's more analytics and science behind it so you can kind of predict things and I think the way that baseball is going today is is a lot of people uh, lean on on shifts for certain hitters defensive shifts and so we track I mean there's I think there's probably 15 different shifts off the top of my head that, that I can think of that a lot of teams are really um, pushing for because shifts, I think, are so much a part of the game now than they were 20 years ago. And so if you get a left-hander that has a lot of power and pulls the ball a lot, then teams are going to want to, you'll, you'll see a standard shift of, of where guys, they'll have, some teams will have four infielders on, you know, the first base side of, of the field for that left-handed hitter. And so uh, I think shifts, are, are a main thing that a lot of people may not really realize what goes into them, and so I think with the way that shifts have kind of taken over, you'll see a lot of these left-handed hitters try and implement things into their games to you know maybe try and get an advantage against the shift. So if uh, if they do have the four infielders to one side, you have the entire third base side of the field open. So you'll see some of these these uh big left-handed hitters kind of implement bunt, you know, kind of a flat bunt to just kind of flap it over there and there's no one over there to field it so it's a if you can execute it it's a guaranteed hit and, and sometimes guys will get doubles out of it because there's just simply nobody over there and they're just playing the shift
0: the game is is changing so much on on the statistics front with major league baseball introducing uh, you know the rule change where relievers have to face a minimum of three batters trying to speed the game up How has that affected the statistics game and and really rosters? Because you got, you know, that dude that when you got two outs in the seventh, you bring him in for one batter. How how have y'all seen in this very young season that affected the statistics game?
1: Uh, Well, one thing that I've noticed is there used to be a lot of sidearm uh, relievers, guys that, you know, submarine guys that don't throw very hard but have an an awkward angle that are really tough for right handers. Um, But what you see now with the three batter minimum, Is a lot of teams, you know, in today's world, it's all about matchups, and so coaches are very. And you see it. There's there's still coaches that do it, but there's very often that you'll see, you know, three or four right-handed batters or three or four left-handed batters in a row, and so I think the value of those sidearm pitchers is kind of you know going wayside because left-handed hitters normally, absolutely, just crush sidearm guys because they can see the ball a lot longer, and so uh, I think those those type pitchers you're not seeing as much of with this rule because normally if you have a situation and there's a right-handed batter up and you just need an out you come in you bring in a side on guys who are obviously a lot tougher to hit um from right-handed hitters to get that guy out but now if, if there's a three batter minimum um there i think their value decreases just from that rule alone hmm.
3: And what do you make of this uh, over this uh, extra innings rule, John Carter? Where you're going to put a guy on second base to start out extra innings? What, what's the feedback uh, within the league about that kind of odd rule?
1: I think it's it's a lot of it's a lot of mixed feedback. Um, you know, it's kind of weird because when I was playing select baseball, coming up, like that was the rule that that we would always do. So it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy to see it trickle all the way up to major leagues, but I think um, it's been a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, some people like it because it, spe- it does speed up the game um, and, it, and it makes, it does kind of make things interesting, and I think um, from from a kind of a, a baseball junkie standpoint, it, it helps uh, tr- make, you know, your strategy a lot more interesting in extra inning games, because you'll see uh, with the runner on second no out to start extra innings, you'll see maybe teams b- try and bump the guy over, you might try and see a lot more uh, strategy implemented in the game instead of uh, just playing the normal inning, how it, how it uh, folds out. But I think it's been kind of mixed reviews at this point. I think this, this entire season's kind of been just uh, up in the air and kind of back and forth. So, um, But mm-hmm. I, I personally, you know, it's not traditional baseball, as they say, but I, I personally don't have a problem with with the runner-on-second rule. Um, it, it does kind of make things more interesting, I, I think, from the start. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost certain they're going to bunt him over, right? You got a guy on second base and no outs, and you're trying to score a run. That's almost going to be automatic. Am I wrong? You
1: would, I mean, you would think so. Um, but if you have a guy like Miguel Cabrera, who I don't, I don't even think practice bunting. You know, they're just you know, they're going to bunt and swing away. <laughs> um, you know, I was I was watching the Tampa Bay Rays Orioles game the other day, and that game was an extra innings, and each team. Um, and in the 10th in the inning neither neither team bunted. so um hmm. and then it ironically ended in uh to get a line out double play and a uh fly out to left field threw him out at third so mm-hmm. um it's definitely you know i think bunting is kind of a lost art of the game i think it's kind of gone by the wayside and and um you know i know my dad gets kind of upset about that cuz he's so old school but you know back in the 20s when he was playing it's it's, it's uh Such evolved a, a little bit from then.
3: yeah all right. For the few of you that, that may be listening that don't know, uh, John Carter, of course, is the son of Kelly Sander. John Carter, a local guy, uh, starred at Oak Grove, uh, Northwestern State, and then William Carey University. You, a minute left, but you got to be loving this, John Carter. You're a baseball guy, and here now you are working in professional baseball.
1: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Um, you know, it's, my brain can hurt a little bit at times, as it can be a lot of. Uh, Kind of crunching numbers and things like that, but but it's, it's uh it's absolutely fantastic, and I mean I wouldn't want to be doing anything else.
3: So. Now let our listeners know where are you exactly.
1: I'm in Minneapolis.
3: Oh, okay, all right. I haven't
1: well, seen any snow yet, though.
3: So. No, what? Well, give it time, John Carter. I think you probably will. Uh, but Inside Edge now, Inside Edge is a, is an independent company that works with Major League Baseball. Am I right there?
1: Correct. It's uh, partners, and and um, you know each each year we go to the winter meetings and and kind of. Uh, meet with general managers and representatives and go over new agreements and things like that.
3: So in essence, you're watching baseball for a living now, John Carter.
1: Yes. I mean, that's not all we do, but yeah, you know, (laughs) when it comes down to it, it's it's a big part of
3: it. All right. Well, congratulations to you, man. You're a great guy, and uh, we're really happy that that worked out for you, man. We appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck to you.
1: Thanks,
3: guys. Take care. All right, John Carter Sander, everybody. You know, look. Every time I talk to John Carter, and uh, you see him, and you listen to him, and you watch him, you say, "Thank God he took after his mother."
0: Just can't believe that there's uh, Kelly Sander jeans in there. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> right about that, John
3: Carter Sander, everybody from Inside Edge, from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We'll get his dad on the show next.
2: miss to the top.
0: Back on a Monday, sunny Monday. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They had a roasted poblano and white cheddar soup with a choice of a side salad or BLT today, guys. Eight mm. ninety five mm. every single day at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Some of your favorites and a great place to go in the hub city. Check them out on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Well, we go from uh, the best possible guest, uh, the son, and now we drag the father on. Kelly John Sander joins us now. <laughs> Kelly, just messing with you, but uh, John Carter, man, he's got it going on up there in Minneapolis.
4: Now he loves that the analytical side of baseball, and um, and he knows from growing up with me. I'm, I'm not much for statistics. I, you know, I'm much more of a play it by my heart, play it by my gut, you know, kind of guy. But but he's uh, he's that moneyball guy, man. He'll look at the numbers and and there were times we were actually coaching together. We were coaching a pre- Dixie pre-majors team. They're like seventeen and eighteen year olds, and and he was managing the team, and I was his assistant. And he said, "What do you think about you know so and so in relief?" I said, mm, "I wouldn't go that way. I, I'd go," and I felt pretty strongly about it. And he said, "No, I think I'm going to go with." I think I'm going to go with, with my choice because that's what the numbers say to do. And, um, and so he went directly against my advice. And the guy that he brought in to close the games struck out the side. And we won the state championship. And I'm going, man, that <laughs> took a lot of guts not only to overrule me, but um, because, you know, kids just normally don't want to do that. But he had, he had the numbers to back it up. And he said, that's what I'm going with. And it worked. So good for him.
0: Kind of that numbers game began with the uh, 1999 uh, movie Moneyball, or talks about the 1999 season with the A's. And, of course, Chad Bradford, Southern Miss guy, one of those Moneyball guys, and the numbers uh, don't lie. And Chad Bradford, the numbers don't lie with him either. He's had a very successful athletic career. And uh, even his son, Keller, pitched at Southern Miss. Um, Kelly, talking about the numbers, um, I saw on Twitter this uh, this weekend as a Harvard professor just kind of has no relation to Mississippi but was kind of uh, putting it out there that Mississippi, one of the uh, highest-growing COVID rates in the country. And that's probably going to affect what happens with JUCO sports in Mississippi with with football supposedly on the calendar. But, man, it it just looks more and more scarce as the numbers go up.
4: Well, it was interesting to hear what Jack Duggan had to say earlier on the show today. It it doesn't seem possible that that, uh, the D1 guys will be reporting you know the next day or two and then and then start practicing on Wednesday, I think a lot of it is going to is going to to be what happens, Luke, once they get started you know major league baseball um, and I heard what John Carter was talking about if you know if any more teams start coming down with these numbers, it could be very could be you know a very auspicious thing going forward but 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 what i 'm watching and i 'm going to get back to football. To, to the comparison in a minute, but when I watch some of these baseball games on TV, and I've been watching a lot of them, they're, the players are just openly breaking protocol. I mean, they're not supposed to be high-fiving each other. And look, I, I understand how difficult that is in an exciting moment and the adrenaline gets flowing and you just, it's been part of your system, you know, part of your DNA for so long, you just kind of automatic. but that, I mean, they're, they're high-fiving each other when they're wearing their mask, they've got it over their mouth, but they don't have it over their nose. You know, just things like that. So, I mean, the, pro- the strictest protocols they have to adhere to, otherwise you're going to put other people uh, at risk. The St. Louis Cardinals are expecting more more positive tests. Now out of the NFL, Doug Peterson, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, has tested positive, and the NFLers are just getting started. You know, so going back to, to Juco Ball, they're going to be reporting, I think, about the fourteenth uh, of, of August, and if protocols are adhered to strictly, you hope that they can get in that shortened season. But once, and the thing that Dr. Burks has talked about and all the, this particular strand of COVID going on going around now is it is so contagious. It's it's like nothing else they've ever seen. It it is just so contagious. So it doesn't take much, and if an outbreak happens. Um, you would think that it certainly wouldn't look good. But we're all, we've all got our fingers crossed, you know, that football is going to be played in some way, shape, or form.
3: So, Kelly, answer this question for me. It was asked of me over the weekend. Do you think that the colleges moving forward to play football are putting money ahead of the safety of their athletes and fans?
4: I can't answer that question directly, Bob, because I don't know and look, believe me, I would answer it if 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 i if I had the facts, but I don't know what these what schools have implemented each you talked about Jack you talked to Jack about is every school's protocol going to be the same? Well, they're varying you know from place to place, depending on you know their facilities and how spread out of the facilities and so on but um but if if you take a look at a list of their protocols, you know you might not be able to argue that it's about that it's about money, because we talked about on the show Friday that you got a break-even point on some of these games, and if you're not even going to have enough people in the stands to meet your expenses, I don't see the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, people who have wanted, you know, the Power Five to have their own champion and then a, a separate, you know, playoff for schools like Southern Miss and some of the conference USA schools, they they may get their wish. I mean, the pandemic might actually finally cause. What everybody has wanted, for what a lot of people have wanted for a long time, for the Power Five to have their own champion and then the other schools also right. have the, some
3: The Power Five, as I understand it, the Power Five is threatening the NCAA that, <clears throat> excuse me, if the NCAA cancels fall championships outside of football, but fall sports championships and other sports, that the Power Five is going to have their own championship uh, games? Is, is that, did I read that correctly?
4: I think that's what they're talking about, you know, but, but talk, is, talk is cheap. But, again, if that happens, you know, it would have taken the pandemic right, to, to get that to happen.
3: Well, you guys may disagree, and I'd like to hear both of your opinion. I would be 100% in favor of the Power Five going its own way and the Group of Five uh, having its own championships. I think the money has become so grotesquely distorted. Uh, what a 100 a and what it was a 121 million in Mississippi that Mississippi state breaks into 24 million Southern Miss I just I think it's time and I, and I think it would create a new era of excitement for schools uh, that play in conferences like Southern Miss because you would have a real legitimate chance to compete on a level playing field your thoughts guys Kelly
4: Preach it Bob Preacher, you're on a roll, man. I'm, I'm 100% with you. If things were equitable, it would be one thing. But but you just noted that they're not. Right. So, you know, let them go do their thing. We'll do our thing, and everybody will be happy.
3: Luke, you think it would create new excitement for schools and programs like Southern Miss?
0: It would. Uh, at the same token, uh, I'm too prideful to accept that. I've been more uh, willing to accept it than I ever have in my life. I got into a little Twitter spat with some Mississippi State people over the weekend. Uh, Matt Wyatt put out something that his logic is sound, but what he said was uh, he was actually pushing for G5 schools to be able to compete for a national championship, just like what you said. But the example was, as it is, Southern Miss and Alabama chase the same title. That's laughable. My point back was well: Mississippi State and Alabama chasing the same title is just as laughable. <laughs> That's exactly right.
3: That's exactly right.
0: Well, uh, but it, but it, and, but it and it, so the di- discrepancy between Southern Miss and Alabama is there, but the discrepancy between the other two in-state schools. And I know Ole Miss beat uh, Alabama cheating a few years ago. I get that. At the same token, I just I, it's just hard for me knowing that 15 years ago. I competed against some of the best programs in the nation, and we beat them several times for us to basically be regulated to you know, an FCS status. Now, here's the thing. If the Power Five breaks away and they form their own thing and they say we don't need the NCAA, well, fine. Then the Southern Miss will occupy now the highest level of football in or will remain to occupy the highest level of football competition in the NCAA. I could probably live with it that way.
4: But Luke, let me, let me suggest though that, that you're talking about, you know, prominence and things like that. But from a financial, from a financial standpoint, Mississippi State's pretty close to, you know, I mean, they get the same cut of SEC money as Alabama does. Uh, and Ole Miss, good heavens, if it comes down to a, a war of money, I've never known Ole Miss to finish second, you know. So just based on that. You know, those schools but How much, much more... of
0: that is because historically they've been allowed to bottom-feed with that money?
4: Well, regardless.
0: Right. Regardless,
4: I'm just talking about from a, from a comparison standpoint. Mm -hmm. you compare finances. That's
0: where the pride of me gets in here. I would say that we would be able to close the gap a little had we had a fraction of the resources they've done. What they haven't done, and I'm talking about football, I'm not talking about baseball, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are top ten programs in the nation, baseball, Southern Miss is a top 20 program. I'm talking about football specifically. That's the sport we're dealing with, is that if we had a fraction of the resources that they've had historically, we wouldn't have been a bottom feeder. We would have probably been a a mid-tier competitor against other programs. Well,
3: here's what I would like about splitting away. You take a Southern Miss, any school in the group of five, they go 12-0 and during the regular season. They win their conference championship. They're not going to get a sniff at the national championship. They would take a UCF. A, a two- or three-win-loss SEC team before they would take a 14-0 Group of five team, and I think that's where I would like to see things change. We'll be back.
2: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Eagle Hour coming to you from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. for segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located online, toyotahattiesburg.com, where you can check out all of Toyota of Hattiesburg's inventory. New, pre-owned, certified vehicles. You can secure financing, even value your trade-in. All that's located at toyotahattiesburg.com. Or go see our friends on Highway 98, Toyota of Hattiesburg. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, and we thank them for their support. As mentioned uh, with Jack Duggan a little earlier in the program, Southern Miss uh, senior quarterback Jack Abraham, named to the Manning Award preseason watch list. The Manning Award was created by the All-State Sugar Bowl in, uh, in honor of the accomplishments of Archie Payton and Eli Manning. 30 quarterbacks on the preseason list. Jack Abraham, one of those. This is a pretty cool uh, story also. The PGA of America has uh, released its national awards Former Southern Miss golfer Mark Blackburn, a native of England, he's been a PGA member for 14 years. He is the director of instruction at Greystone Golf and Country Club in Birmingham. He is the recipient of the 2020 PGA Teacher and Coach of the Year. Pretty incredible. Of, of all the professionals across the country, Southern Miss former Southern Miss golfer Mark Blackburn gets the 2020 PGA Teacher and Coach of the Year Award southern miss to the top so a pretty cool uh southern miss excelling football and golf we return on the phone with kelly sanner and uh kelly just talking uh during during the break and to follow up how the way that we ended the the last segment it is in the best interest for a split it's in the best interest for southern miss and i guess the biggest thing as a former player I would feel like that we could compete on the national stage. I just – it takes my pride a big hit to admit that, but that's just where we are now.
4: But when you played, you know, Luke, and certainly with all due respect, things were a little different back then than they they are now. Things have changed a little bit. I mean, you talk about me and Bob being old, which indeed we are, you know, compared to you. But, I mean, even in your young age, you know, things do evolve, things do change, and and they're just different now. Uh, And that's okay. I mean, the what, the only thing we're supposed to expect is the unexpected, or the only thing we're supposed to expect is that there will be change um, over time. So um, I, I wouldn't have any any problem with that with that new scenario. You just have to accept it for what it is and strap it up and let's go.
3: Well, and I just like the idea, guys, of of kids that that come to school here and go to Louisiana Tech and. Boise State, and you could name all of the schools. I like the idea of them having a national championship they can compete for, that if they're good enough, they'll be included in the tournament that allows them to compete. And that's just not the case, Kelly, in football. You know as well as me that no group of five schools ever going to have a legitimate opportunity to play for a national championship, no matter how many games they win.
4: But, you know, Bob, on that argument, we, we could be considered snowflakes. Sorry as as that goes. Oh, here we go. Everybody well, gets the trophy. Well, Everybody participates.
3: No, no. Not not when one school is raking in 121 million and the school that's supposed to compete with them is raking in 24. I mean, come on. Back in the day when Luke played, I guess it was getting toward the end of a time when uh, when the resources were much more evenly distributed. Back in the day that you and I reminisce about a lot, the really the glory, you know, the real glory days, early years of Southern Miss football when it when it rose to national prominence, Kelly, I dare say that the revenue gap between the three schools of Mississippi wasn't that great back in those days.
4: No, I, I would I would agree with you, and please understand, I'm with you. I, I right. totally agree with you. I'm just saying there are those that would say, "Oh, here's the yes, everybody gets a trophy type of type of guys," you know, can't. Can't compete on that level, so we'll just, you know, instead of trying to get better, instead of trying to get better, let's just play with weaker people and say we beat up on them.
3: Yeah, I know that's what you're going to hear, but uh, nevertheless, Kelly, a lot of people say bad things about me and you, so it shouldn't come as any great surprise to you, right?
4: Really? I find that very hard to believe.
3: I want to say in the last minute that we have, too, that Luke and I, of course, we we've – known john carter john carter actually worked here at telesouth at one time and he's a great kid he's really intelligent and really good looking and everything about john carter we are so relieved that he took after his mother and sisters kelly
4: yes and so am i that's something i'm thankful for every day but
0: sadly so is he
3: (laughs) i can't imagine why
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Before we before we get off, just be heads up. Uh, Governor's going to possibly make a big announcement this afternoon. Article from the Bluxy Sun Herald. Dr. Thomas Dobbs, the state health medical officer, is kind of blown away that a lot of school districts are just saying they're going to return to normal schools. He says it's unacceptable. It's crazy. He's going to recommend universal mask use in school. Uh, he he would expect COVID nineteen cases to level off, but then if schools started back in college, they're going to skyrocket. So uh, that's basically who Tate Reeves leans on for uh, all of you know the big decisions, and expect a decision today, guys, somewhere about schools being delayed. Probably going to happen. That's going to impact everything with high school sports, even JUCO sports. And so we'll find out tomorrow what to talk about.
3: Real quickly, I want to thank D Bat and D One Training Facility for sponsoring the Eagle Hour, state of the art training for softball, baseball, and all sports, kids through adults, on Hardy Street, the old Gettys Pizza Building, uh, really close to the Southern Miss campus. We thank them, and we encourage you to do business with them. That wraps the guys up for today. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To
4: the top. I'm like an eagle.